Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast, episode 142. I'm here with Miss Terrell Nichols, if you like to say something. Hi, good morning. How are you? Yes. Uh, Miss Nichols is originally from New York, correct? Yes, correct. And what part of New York uh, did you grow up in, like the Bronx I or Brooklyn? Grew up, I grew up in Queens, and then my parents moved to Long Island uh, in my junior year of high school. Okay. So, but you're mostly just a New Yorker through and through and through. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker. I um, worked in Manhattan until we moved out of New York. And um, yeah, that was pretty much my, where I stayed and played and worked. And you pretty much grew up in within like, what was it, the 70s? Or what was your... I grew up in the um, like late 60s, um, 70s. I was kind of like a late 70s, 80s kid. Okay, cool. That's why you look amazing. Oh, <laughs> what is also, But anyway, uh, <laughs> describe what life was like back then in like uh, New York back in the 70s and 80s and whatnot. Well, it was so, uh, it was so different. Um, and, you know, I was very, um, I'm an old househead. I was in the clubs, underground clubs, um, when I got out of high school. I went to private school for 12 years. So when I got into college, I was like trying to do everything, go everywhere, because I didn't have that um, restriction. I had freedom all of a sudden. So um, I was pretty much in the, um, the club scene, um, house music scene. Okay, wonderful. House music. Oh, wow. You seem like you had a pretty eventful life out there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say like I'm lame for something. I was just kind of just chilling. I'll go to parties every once in a while, but I don't yeah, know, being yeah, in the yeah, club. Yeah. I feel like that's something I'm going to save up for like when I move to DC or something like that. Like, you know, well, it, like was, that. it was just a different time. And then, too, when um, I got a little older and got married, I was, um, I started doing hair. And I worked in um, Queens a lot. Um, I worked for Paul Mitchell Company. I traveled around the country as their educator. But I had a couple of hair salons. And where I worked happened to be where all the um, old rappers Mm -hmm. came from, Queens. Um, Run DMC. I did his wife's first, his first wife's hair Mm -hmm. when they got married. Um, salt and pepper um, guy used to um, Aaron used to go to a guy I was friends with a barber mm-hmm. so it was pretty much you know I was all in DJ red alert you know I kind of like hung in that culture Okay, that's really, really cool to grow up with, like, in that culture. I feel like the exposure to, like, culture of that time uh, was when I'm watching, like, Everybody Hates Chris, and, like, that's all the songs they were playing and everything. I'm just thinking, like, wow, to grow up in New York during, like, those times in the 70s and the 80s and stuff, I don't think, like, the, deni- the dynamic was, like, more, um, I'm not going to say exuberant. and Like, it was just more just something special during those times where it's just, like, compared to times like now, it's, like, it feels like everyone's just trying to hop on the next, um, you know, trend and everything. No one really like slows down to really appreciate one another, appreciate the culture, you know, no one tries. Just the feeling of people um, was different. Um, If you listen to the music back then, um, like G Train, and it was just more of a positive message. Mm -hmm. It was uplifting. It was more, um, 
you know, um, encouraging. It was more positive. And um, the partying scene is like I used to go to, um, you know, older people from New York will remember the loft and Paradise Garage. And it was a you could be partying with a celebrity you could be partying with a homeless person. You know, it was everybody was in there and just it was about love. You know, it was love was the message. That was a big thing then. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of losing that around this turn and this time. I know people try to push that, like, oh, yeah, love everybody, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, it's always like surface level and things like that, you know. Yeah. To say, but you just like, if you read um, comments just on social media, people are not, um, they're more mean spirited. You know, um, even, I even find people, you know, because I'm involved with my church and listening to people that are supposed to be so-called Christian and how they judge people and they don't want to see beggars. They get annoyed because they see homeless people and why don't they go some, you know, it's like, wow. I, I read a comment um, like a few months ago. Um, there's some people that stand in the medium mm-hmm. here. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could give them or not give them Mm. or just pass by them. But then this one woman said, yeah, I was coming from church on Tuesday night and this man's standing there begging for my, I'm like, what church do you go to? So I know to tell people to stay away. You Mm. coming from church and listen to you, Mm -hmm. no compassion. No compassion at all. It's like, I don't know why it's like that. Cause like, I don't know. I guess I'm just a bit of an old soul through and through, you know? So it's just like, you know, there's a lot of things that go on today's day that I'm just like, what? And I just don't really understand it through and through. You know, I feel like in a time where it's like, we have so many different mediums to communicate so many ways we can even translate people, you know, that, you know, who speak a different language also through uh, AI and computers mm-hmm. and just the different apps, the different, you know, from the Facebook, the Snapchat, everything. it's just crazy how we're so disconnected at the same time. Well, yeah. it start well, it started a long time ago. Um, we just haven't been paying attention. Um, I, I am going to bring in politics a little bit, but it started like with Reagan and that middle class ended mm-hmm. with Reagan because it started more about corporate corporations. And now when you see a people they worship these billionaire people mm-hmm. like um, um, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. who uh, the country is just doing a shift right now mm-hmm. where we were all for um, freedom. Freedom has a different meaning right now. And freedom is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Freedom is for certain people mm-hmm. and certain class of people. Um, so this country is definitely taking a turn and it's not for the better. Yeah. I I hope that things get better over time, but I don't know. It just feels like even with our leaders and stuff after Barack Obama, it was just, we got a uh, Donald Trump and now we got Joe Biden now. And then there might be a chance that we might get Donald Trump again. It's kind of up in the air right now because everyone's just so indifferent. Like people used to be kind of passionate about things like going to the polls and voting. And now it's just like, but who are we choosing in between this time? Like, it's always like, you know, you try to respect it. Cause I know like a lot of my ancestors in America, like, 
like had literally like had to fight just to even get the privilege to vote. And now that we got the privilege, it's like now we have to choose between like someone Alzheimer's patient and a and Donald Trump. And then it's just like, you know, it's just it really kind of makes you think like, dang, like we really have it. We don't really have it too made out here in this generation because it's like, you know, like, you know, in the, in the 90s, at least you had such great music, even though a lot of the top people's lives ended so prematurely as it's going on even to this day mm-hmm. and everything. It's just like, I feel like the vibes are more authentic. Uh, things nowadays are just so just out of place. You know, people just do people dirty over like the most like, you know, asinine type things. Okay, and that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, if you... Um... It's it's just people had like the turnout for the midterm election here in Mecklenburg County was really dismal. People did not vote, and I don't um, I don't know if um, especially the black and brown people they didn't come out to vote. So now what we have in our North Carolina um. Um, Supreme Court and our our legislator are people that are trying to take us back to 1950, mm. and and because of um, people not coming out, like Sherry Beasley could have won. Mm. It was very close. People just didn't come out. Um, they're not paying attention, and I don't think they understand. Mm-hmm. What they're facing. Um, I think what's going to happen. We're going to have to go through what we're going to have to go through, and then people are going to want to do something. It's sad because it could have been prevented. Mm -hmm. Like Georgia is doing it. Mm -hmm. They are organizing. They are doing it. Here, they're not. Um, Charlotte is... um, With everything that's happening here, people being displaced out of their homes, um, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what to get, what gets people motivated. Um, I feel like conflict gets people motivated, but it's like also then people really want to know who to blame because they're always pointing to like, oh, it's the president. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And I'm like, yeah, but really, it's mostly the local politicians that are mostly the people that should be focused on. And I'll admit, in my case, I didn't go out to vote. I'm, I'm going to be honest because it's just like we got all things in our own life going on. You know, like my whole license was suspended throughout the whole of this year since October of last year. And I didn't even get it reinstated till recently because it was just like you know because like that was such a slowdown i couldn't go to dc and stuff to go get the jobs i was offered you know mm-hmm. i had chances to really start my life afresh and then it's just like i'm still stuck in this town where i don't want to look down on it but it's like i've kind of outgrew it it's time to like step out yeah. somewhere fresh don't you know yeah. don't give up um you'll get there you'll get there you know um it's all about timing it'll come for you um but as far as we just have to, because you know what, they're trying to take, like my son, I try and get him, um, oh, it doesn't matter. They redline, they gerrymander, which is true. Um, but you have to fight that because if you don't have, look, we didn't always have the right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was alive on earth when we got the right to vote. Mm-hmm. That's not too long ago. You know, it's like it wasn't like a hundred years ago. Um, so um, they're trying if they if it didn't matter, they wouldn't be fighting so much. 
to keep us from voting. Mm -hmm. You know, so it does matter. But then again, we just have a bigger problem and it's systemic. Um, I'm not. I voted for Biden because what was the choice? Okay, Howard, there was Howie Hawkins. I don't even know who that is. He was on the ballot. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I didn't. I, you know, I think um, when, things, when things happen like that, that's to split the votes. You know, mm-hmm. people do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, like they wanted to have um, Kanye West. I think they're they're saying they want to put him on the ballot to split the. Republican vote. But they do things like that. Um, Back in the day when um, Jesse Jackson ran for president, Mm -hmm. that divided the um, Democratic vote Mm -hmm. and they lost. So, um, you know, I don't think he was Republican or Democrat. I think it was like Libertarian or something like that. No, he it was the Rainbow Coalition. Oh, like Howie Hawkins. The the Rainbow Coalition, which didn't. it really didn't take off and it wasn't really um he wasn't he wasn't the person to lead that he just wasn't a good candidate like obama it was a different you know he could speak to everybody he could articulate to everybody jesse jackson um and then jesse jackson was known as being you know a civil rights Yeah. So um, but Democratic Party, Republican Party, let me tell you something. The the Democratic Party is just as corporate as the Republican Party. They're just very. um, Yeah, they just hide it and they do these little fake moves. So, look, they've been taking advantage of black people forever and they're not doing anything. They do these little moves like um, I was very active out there after George Floyd. I was in the streets protesting um, for yeah. And they hit us with the uh, with the what you call it a uh, smoke gas. Or, yes. Yeah, in the middle of the city. They I was they, right they, they they trapped everybody. Yeah, that I was, was there. purpose. I was yeah, there. and illegal. Um, yeah, and um, they um. All this, we were fighting for defund the police. We were, that was the message. We want um, policemen to be um, responsible and held accountable for their things. They have immunity from murdering people, you know? So um, that was the whole thing. So what does Biden do when he becomes president? Um, he makes Juneteenth a I federal holiday. And then all the paper plates and everything. I'm like. <sighs> and I was like, I was so. Um, Distraught. I was pissed. I was like, and my neighbor who is, um, I guess people would consider her a liberal white woman who is the most dangerous to black and brown people, actually. Um she didn't understand. Oh, but that's so good. And then the schools will teach. I'm like, you know what? No, it's not. Because what's going to happen? It's just people have off from work that don't give a hoot 
about Juneteenth, never heard of it. Um, white companies are going to be making money off of it. Off of it. Off and of people it. aren't, a lot of people don't have the due diligence to look and search for black owned companies for their merchandise. They're going to go online, see something cute and order it. You know? Yeah, you know it's bad when Walmart makes a ice cream Whoa. flavor, great value ice cream flavor off Juneteenth. I saw that. I just rolled my eyes so hard. It's like, dude, that's not what we it's want. It's about like, money. It's about money. It's always, and that's why I get upset because um, we have to start thinking differently. Um, we're doing the same old thing we always did. March, protests. Hey, yeah, those are good things, but we have to start organizing in a different way um, because there's no real su- significant change. And then we have all these black millionaires and billionaires. What are they doing for the cause? They're not doing anything because if they open their mouth, they're going to lose their money because they don't really, they don't have the power. They're beholding to the big corporations that are doing di- look that's what i'm like you know what stop wearing nike yeah screw nike mm-hmm. it's like no there are look there's a brother i follow on instagram that does shoes mm-hmm. and they are hot mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of it's rock deep or yeah. something like yeah, that. That's a, there's even like luxury brands started by black folk and nobody yeah. wants to invest money on it nobody, because they're not Louis right. Vuitton and exactly. so whatever. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, it don't matter. And it's like start investing in black owned. I try. I I haven't had my um, manicure and pedicure in about two years uh-huh. because I won't go to an Asian salon. Uh-huh. And I'm not, and and the thing is, people are like, oh, you're being racist. I'm not. I look at the treatment. Okay, I'll give you an example. When we had this, um, the Asian hate thing Mm -hmm. and Stop Asian Hate, um, the president of the chapter here in Mecklenburg County of the NAACP gathered everyone and said, look, we want to go out in solidarity with the you know, Asians, mm-hmm. we had, they had a rally. We were going there to support. They wouldn't, they didn't want any parts of us. Really? really. And I had told the president that I wasn't really too keen on that. Mm-hmm. And, but I would come out to support her because this is what she was doing. But um, when they went to March, I went home because the woman that's head of the, um, I think it's the South Pacific, some kind of organization, she went over to them and it was like, what are you doing? Why You need to come over here and join in. They're here to support. Most of them went home. Some trickled over and stood near us and I was like this is exactly it okay I am not supporting that because I know they come in um, our neighborhoods and make money okay mm-hmm. from us but they don't care nothing about us yeah, no. you know so I um, and I went on Google and Google black owned nail salons mm-hmm. right and there was one close to where I live, which I was, it was kind of weird mm-hmm. because I didn't, in this area, I was kind of, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. 
I made an appointment, and it was an Asian salon. But they pushed it off like it's black on. They put it, and so I started Googling different, for different things. You, you know, there are white businesses putting themselves as black owned. So it's like, we can't do nothing. Okay. I mean, they should be sued for that. Well, what I did was I contacted a couple of them and I said, why are you listed as black owned? Um, This is fraud. This is, you know, I went on Yelp and a couple of them have, um, um, they're not on there, but um, you know, it, I have a full-time job, so I couldn't really stay diligent on doing that uh-huh. because that was a thing for a while with me. I'm like, because I was curious. I was like, let me see. And you go on their website, there's not, they might have a couple of black workers, like this cleaning service. On their first first page, there's um, two brown-skinned women. Uh-huh. You look at owner, white man. Uh-huh. So... Look, we, we, I just need for us to be more unified and back each other up. And, you know, what I see now every day, there's a shooting and shooting. What? Why are you shooting each other? You should be protecting one another. And like in North Lake a while ago. Yeah. It's like, why are you shooting one another? Nobody cares. About your situation so much where you have to take someone's life away. And it's Over just like, what? I don't know. Like, take it from me, man. I've brushed shoulders with a lot of people this generation, bro. There's something seriously wrong. I don't know what it is, but there's just so low vibration. They try to take you out of character to the point where they try to talk about, like, your culture, your family. Just to get a reaction out of you, people try to, like, you know, support, like, the more ignorant side mm-hmm, of the situation. Mm-hmm. People assume confidence for arrogance and psychotic. And there's sees a psychotic behavior, even implanted to a lot of people from middle school. And they nurture that all the way up until their adulthood. And that usually ends up being in and out of prison. It's not just black folks. It's, like, literally no, all types funny, of folks. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, it pushes people to such a degree where it's, like, where they where they could get into a fight. But had they probably, if one side were to probably lose that fight or something, it could lead into, like, a grudge, like, for a while where people, like, you know, this, this is an internet age now. So a lot of the, if someone's taking a video and they put it on, mm-hmm. on the internet, mm-hmm. it's going to be up there for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they try to take people's life over that, you know, and it's just like, you know, I'm not going to allow you to embarrass me and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you know, a lot of people can grow grow out of that once they realize, you know, what's important. But it's like, you know, like there's been there's you can be tempted, not in a sense to take somebody's life away, but to act to actually give in to anger and impulsivity. And that leads into like a situation where you have to deal with that for a way longer than you should have. There was one guy in at Butler High School a couple of years back. I remember like it was yesterday. He lost a fight. But yeah. then a couple of days later he, he went and killed, killed the other. So yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking yeah. about because my church, um, we do I go to elevation on the youth leader and we have youth night and all things and butler football team um got involved with our church and we were inviting them to the youth thing um i just think that um 
I don't know. It's just so different and it's all over. And it's not just the kids, it's the adults. I mean, such rudeness and um, just not, I, I, it's no humanity. It, yeah. it really isn't. Um, but it's backward. That's the thing. It's yeah. one thing to be inhumane and to be selfish if it, like, if it serves you more poignantly over time, whatever. But it's like, to be disrespectful and like just to try to gain favor from like I remember I worked at Compare Foods that was my first job ever like predominantly Latino mm-hmm. like community whatever yeah, I, I, yeah I was a kid I was 17 you know I don't see stuff like that like, I go to high school I'm cool like whatever I don't have a, any issue that was probably the first time I realized that you know Latino people really don't like African Americans and it's weird and like and it's just like you know what do we do to you type but it wasn't even just that like really like I had other black folks working there so I weren't even working in the same uh like department all because I was like a busboy like a bagger all I do is bag <laughs> like it's nothing it's, I'm not working at the Pentagon I'm not mm-hmm. a typer for right, nothing right. it's just it's just another job just to gain a little bit of change whatever and like after a while working there so it's like every issue every place that I had an issue at there is always about pushing like a narrative and so whatever narrative uh is accentuated by like against me that's like they try to double down on it yeah. if you're like dumb if you're this or whatever you know for instance this this case is because like I was stupid quote unquote so anything any mistake or whatever they pushed it to such right. a degree or it's like they over exaggerate right. the situation towards like okay yeah you stumpy 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 to the point where they're trying to look for mistakes so like you know like there are other black folk i think one black other guy what a one black american guy they got working as um as a manager like mm-hmm. just got him i was working there a couple months and like every little thing i was doing he was like over in the beginning over etc like um that's not supposed to be there or that's not and i'm like no it is like oh that, them drinks aren't supposed to be in that fridge and i'm like yes it is i've been doing this for months like, what are you talking about and he would like go to all the cohorts and say like I was stupid and I'm like this is a grown man talking about a 17 year old kid and so and it is. should be helping and mentoring you ain't got to if you don't want to but you know it's like but disrespecting I, like, yeah. like that, you got a high off that that day like what I think that um, what goes on people are so um, they have their own stuff and social media and just internet has allowed people to um, kind of vent that onto other people. Yes, project it. Yeah, project it, right. And um, I think that's what it is. I think the whole, it's just a weird time. And like I said, I, I go back into my house days and used to listen to my music and I just think back of when it was just fun. People used to go out and really have a good time. And not try to display as if they're having a good time. Exactly. Like, no, really have a good time. And um, it was just a, a, a community of, um, like to this day, I have um, groups that meet, like there's a group that goes to Florida every year mm-hmm. to a G- DJ convention in Miami mm-hmm. and the people in New York, there's a certain day that they go and we'll all go and meet up and kind of, you know, relive our back in the day moments. But it was just such a loving, a more loving community, even mm-hmm. with rap, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, 
I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, um, and I'm not um, mocking gangster rap or hard, you, they were expressing themselves. Yeah, and I don't, true. I'm, that's, that was their reality. I don't, I'm not knocking that. But then it became a caricature where it's but, like, right. you need to be like this hood or well, you need to do this or you need to like run the cartel. You need to see the, right. and, now, and then it brings it to the courtroom where it's like now the Rico accords and everything. Well, well you claim that you did this and I was up with it. And it's sad because even Bobby Schmurter got like uh, years and everything taken off as like being put in prison because he was literally t- telling everything that he yeah, was doing yeah. into the song. Like, you can't just snitch no. on yourself in your own song. <laughs> you can talk about the struggle. You can talk right. about life. You can also push metaphors and song. Like, some of the top artists today aren't even, like, gangster. Like, they'll be like no. J-, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and even Drake. Like, they don't talk about robbing no. people or nothing. They no. talk about life. It's just life. And, exp- you know, I... Uh... I know it's it's just really um, it's a difficult time. It's and I don't know. And I like I said, I, there's a shift going on, and I think maybe we have to go through this shift to make it. Uh, you know, um, change has never been easy, and it's never been um, peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, no change is made peacefully. So, um, you know, with that being said, um, yeah, we're going, we're in for a hard time if we want to see change and people have to be committed. We don't have people, we have people right now and leaders and they're out there, but they're out there not for putting themselves on the line, like, um, John Lewis and, um, Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson and all, they they put themselves on the line. They got cracked in the head. I mean, if you look at even in the 60s, um, the change that happened, these people that were out there, they were getting beat. They were getting, you know, um, whatever. Um, but they did it. Mm-hmm. And they did it for a reason. But you don't have people like that now. People aren't willing to do that. I don't see that um, because I get toned down like, well, you don't want to start something up. You don't want to stir something up. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I want to stir. <laughs> What's wrong with stirring up? Mm-hmm. And I think also because um, I'm from a whole different, um, I'm from New York. And it's just a whole different way in the South. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just people want to be like, look, don't go too crazy. You know, be respectful. But we're not getting respected. You know, it's like um, you need to stop worrying about people liking you. I don't think it's so much of people liking somebody or doing whatever. It's just because things go on into a domino effect and everything. So it's just like, you know, it all starts like little itty bitty things, um, especially uh, when people are overly being vigilant on your behavior and everything that you do. You know, I'm a black man in America. Like I'm telling you from experience, man, I had this feel. I, I used to go to school around this area, you know, I'm from East Charlotte. My mom's made me go to like uh, J.M. Robinson Middle School mm-hmm, and everything. 
everything. You know, I had to face a lot of discrimination. Like, it was okay for a couple years, but when it got bad, it got really, really bad and everything. I'm, you know, I'm like an inner city African kid, you know, being pushed to like literally compete with all these other kids. And like all they had to do was just like pay like the Asian kid or the Indian kid to do their homework mm-hmm. and everything. And I had to compete with that on top of that. We you know, be better. I have to, to deal with discrimination mm-hmm. and everything of things of that nature. Yeah, you know. Um, I had to deal with being harassed all types of way and everything. And they always look at how you react to things. They never and look at what they did wrong. Up a school? Never. never. What's the point? Why would I want to take it's people's like, life look, away? Look, this is the thing. Um, they're gonna yell like you have these people doing shooting up schools. Oh well, he has a he has a mental illness. He had this. He was abused. You Show know a what? Picture of him holding a dog. You know what? They couldn't live one day as a black person in this country without crying. They cried about wearing a mask. I wear a mask even to this day. It's just, well, I, just, I, do, I do too. I work um, at a um, senior facility and mm-hmm. I constantly wear a mask. It's only respectful know? because if it ain't COVID, it's something entirely different. It's you know? blue. It's, look, um, my whole family has been sick. The kids. Um, so... But look how they were whining about that. It was a pandemic. And that became a political statement. You know, being stupid became a political statement. It's like, um, and another thing, wearing a mask protects more the other person. That's that lack of giving a damn about another person. It's like, it's what I want, you know. And so... um, it's just this, this, we, like I said, we have to start um, thinking differently and trying to do things differently. And um, we have so much economic power in this country. Look, you don't want to be bothered with black people. Okay, we should take our money from them mm-hmm. because we're worth trillions. But we never invest in it as starting our own businesses like we should. I mean, we kind of do. It's hard because you know what? The way the system is set up, you can't get loans or you're you're charged a much higher interest rate. Um, Same thing with mortgages. It's you have to change the the way the system is because it's set up for us not to be able to. Mm-hmm. to just fail or whatnot right and that's why i like feel that. like we should really consider moving uh back to africa like sometime in our you lives know, you know um, like it's just because like even like you can literally be so wealthy like in ghana or alone you can have like big mansions or like something for an apartment in, in land and yes. building you know that's what i'm saying you know but I'll tell you, it's going to be impossible to do anything here, Mm -hmm. um, really, significantly. Um, Anytime you have people, um, black men, that are doing the right thing, they kill them. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, Nipsey Hussle. um, George Hampton. um, I mean, Freddie Hampton. I'm sorry. um, Martin Luther King. um, These are people that, wow, okay, 
they're starting to really make sense and they could actually do something. Yeah. They die. So and right when Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were really about to really start exactly. making sense, start being more collaborated because yeah. they had grown and it seemed like um, Martin Luther King thought, okay, this whole pacifism thing isn't really working as no. much as I thought. And he's got, yeah. he was focusing more on our economic yeah. power. And then like even Malcolm yeah. X was like, okay, well, he went to Mecca and I realized, okay, like we're all just the same people. Mm-hmm. Oh, we still mm-hmm. need to focus on like other constructive ways to work and collaborate. And he was well, pushing on that end. And yeah. then like if they would have really came together for decades and everything, we really would have grown from that. Well, that's why yeah. they're not here. You know, yeah. they they were killed. So it, it's just, um, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I just had to step back for a little bit for my own mental health because I'm just frustrated. And and what I'm more frustrated is when um, my people don't see and um, what is really clear, you know, it's like what's going on here. Democratic Party, Republican Party, neither one of them care really about us. So, um, I, uh, this two party system don't work because there's too many, look at it now. There's too many people that have different, the Democrats don't speak for everybody and the Republicans, there's people in between. It's like you're forced to pick either or, and neither one, like I voted for Biden because I felt I didn't have a choice. You know, it's like, who am I going to vote for? You know, um, still you know, shows they how had, often. they had the Green Party, mm-hmm. but they are just as racist as anybody else. So, um, yeah. The reason why I picked Howie Hawkins is because he said he was really trying to push uh, uh, the objective to actually like um, legalize the weed and everything. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, that's just like, OK, yeah, I'm like, you can win me over over weed. But there's so many economic and uh, other life. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that? Yeah. There's so many different like uh, positives that come from legalizing it because like okay now we can actually start uh, making plastics out of like uh, weed. Look, we can also all types of th- we can do all types of things with it like clothes. We can actually fight a lot of this lobbying stuff if you can really like cut that stuff down because then you know, it's just like, it all starts from stuff like that. The mass incarceration, you know, that it trickles down to so many things and just oh I get to smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just well, like well it's, yeah. it's it's a much bigger thing. I was when I was living in Florida, um, one of the things that I was um, um, supporting and rallying about is um, Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. And that was because children that um, suffer from um, seizures mm-hmm. and some of them die because after a while, the medicine that the doctors prescribe just don't work. And they would have a seizure like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And the Charlotte's Web mm-hmm. was something that helped them, mm-hmm. but it was illegal. Mm-hmm. And if you got it, you could go to jail. So it it's was- like the guy who used apricot seeds to cure cancer. He got put in jail for right. five years for that, which really begs the question is just, so what's the problem? Because it, it won't make them money. It's all well, money. Well, you know, I um I used to do hair, like I said years ago, and uh, I had a client. Um, she was a science researcher for um, NYU, and she told me that was ninety five, 
she told me that, yeah, there's a cure for some cancers, but you'll never see it mm. because cancer research gets billions of dollars. Mm. So to say, oh, okay, now look at that. That would be the end of that money cow. So just for that alone, there could be a cure for breast cancer or other kind of cancers, leukemia. But because of the money that they get, cancer research, they will not cure it. There's just too much money, man. That's really, really it's sad. It's all about money here. Yeah. Segregation and desegregation, um, they passed that law to do away with segregation. It was an economic thing. We used to support black businesses because that was the only businesses we could go to. And it was a thing when, okay, black people started buying television sets and refrigerators and washer and dryers. Hey, that's money that, yeah, let them come over here and spend their money over there with us. That's where segregation was kind of good for us because we su we supported one our another. own. Right. We weren't trying to compete against each right. other and as often as now. You know, it's just, that's why I love going to an HBCU. I graduated from North Carolina Central University. Mm -hmm. I said before, like 8,000 people and like uh, it's majority of black folk and everything. And it was just like, we rarely ever had like issues and there was no much drama. I'm sure there was a little bit of drama, but it wasn't to a point where it was just like, you know, people just you know, fighting over nothing and doing the absolute most for nothing. My mom always had it in my mind. That's why she always like try to put me in these predominantly white school where I struggled tremendously because I never got the same uh, focus, you know, to try to like, you know, for me to advance and everything. She always tried to make it seem to go into a predominantly black school or everything would be treacherous because it would just be like, yeah. you know, I had to constantly, and that was just her outlook on it. And it wasn't even true. I went to an well, NCC, I went to NCC, I graduated at the top of my class. You know, I yeah. think that's what, because my mom was the same way. Um, we moved from Queens and she thought, um, moving to a mostly white area was beneficial for us. And um, I left my diverse school and, and friends and she put me in. I was the only black senior girl in the school. And um, that's the first time I was ever called the N-word, which shocked me. I was like, like why? why are they calling me that? And um, Long Island is kind of like the Mississippi of New York. Mm. You know, um, people think of New York as, but they only think of um, Manhattan and the mm. boroughs in Brooklyn. But New York is very large. Mm. You have upstate, which is the same way, and Long Island, um, and it's very racist. Mm. And my mother put me in that situation. And what happened from that, that I got very um, defiant and because I was struggling. Oh, sad. You know, I was struggling what I had to. And then when I told my parents, well, I told my, my father worked two jobs and, you know, my mother worked and I would tell them and they would be like, yeah, OK, you know, it was nothing you know, like me with my son, I would go up and fight and 
put people on blast messing with them. But my parents were kind of like, you know, it'll be okay, you know. So I kind of got resentful. But uh, it wasn't until I got older I realized they came from a whole different era. And they believed um, the nonsense they were fed. And they believed that, look, you could be part of this American dream if you're this, if you're educated, if you do this, if you do that, if you work hard. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. But I understand where they were coming from at mm -hmm. that time because they grew up, there was no civil rights, mm -hmm. you know, that came after they were grown with children and families, you know. So I, I understand because I used to for a long time, like, really resent the fact that why would, why would you do that, you know? Why would you just put me in that situation and, you know, they felt I was getting a better, ed I did get a really good education, though. Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, mm -hmm. it was rough. Yeah, no, I bet it was. It's just, I think, and uh, it's just like CMS system all through and through. It's pretty much the same curriculum wherever you go, really. So it's just like, you know, one school doing better than one other school. It doesn't really attain to, okay, the education is better because sometimes they just find ways around it that help ensure that the kids uh, get yeah. whatever they get. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like, you know, to be truly educated, you just got to be able to set up uh, in your mind, like, how to seek out information. And I feel like I was always the type to kind of dwell deeper into things and actually, like, Seek out, like, right. you know, whatever it's, it's there. Yeah. It's there. You're going to have to want that for yourself. You know, no one can make you. But you have to seek that, you know. Um, and most people don't want to do that. They want to get fed. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to get fed. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, on top of like, you know, the stuff that we have to deal with uh, in this country and stuff of that nature. That's why I always try to push, you know, go to HBCU, go to HBCU, regardless of where you head. I hope it lands you into an HBCU. So at least you can make a network with other black professionals and then like, you can be able to create something over time. It's a, it's a slow process. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like that time, that's when the rediscovery needs to start when you're 18 years mm -hmm. old, 18, 20 years old. And like you've already been to network for yourself within black professional like you're in a fraternity whatever right. they go up into positions where it's like y'all could be able to share the wealth or whatever you can be able to progress like yeah. more as a citizen yeah. but it's just like it's just stuff like that I knew my, my family wanted me to go to Duke or go to like UNC Chapel mm -hmm. Hill I'm like mm -hmm. I can't do it because the school's way too big one and two I, I just feel like it would just be another struggle it would just mm -hmm. be another issue like God forbid somebody says I did this or I did that and then they try to put mm -hmm. me in jail or something like that and they frame me I have nobody to look out for me whereas like for at HBCU I always had people looking out for me whether it was like my classmates or even my mentors I had good mentors a Dr. Roger Keith who I have, uh, and, uh, who I have uh, interviewed for this mm -hmm. podcast in the past and Mr. Sean Andrews they give you a new lease on life to look at yourself as more more of an asset, but also to really apply yourself as an asset, you know, and then there, then the main reasons why I even want to go to graduate school and even get my doctorates down the line too. Mm -hmm. It all starts from stuff like that. You got to be able to keep yourself in a circle of positive people. And I feel like an HBC provides that or it's more authentic or it's not like, yes. Oh yeah, you got to be like this. Or you got to look like this. But right. Everybody has a place to sit in like in a right. HBC. Right. So it's just like, that's right. just my, yeah. that's just kind of where I see it. Well with that, um, 
and things of that nature you know it's just you know i hope one day like you know like once i get like my uh, master's from howard university which i mm-hmm. speak into existence all the time because i really want to go there and it's just like you know maybe if i have to come back down to north carolina i would definitely stay in durham uh because like you know that was the city where uh, i graduated from it's like a mm-hmm. predominantly black environment and it's just stuff like that. I feel like we can really these this this decade and the next decade we could definitely push investment for black owned businesses, black owned like communities, you know, stuff of that nature. It all just starts like what we're willing to invest in as a people. And that's just that's just kind of my viewpoint in regards to that. As ideal as it sounds, I feel like it's actually capable of doing with the right Absolutely. mindset. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say like um what do you think is missing for this generation and everything compared to like your I know you spoke about like how y'all in the sixties were willing to fight for the freedom and the privileges that we have today and everything. Uh but what what do you feel like we all need to fight for now moving forward for that? Do you feel like it's just economic type stuff or it's just politics like what do you think we need to what type of mindset do you feel like like uh we need to really adopt to really get what we need out of this generation? Um, Is that an inter- intricate question? I don't mean to be too intricate. Yeah, it's it's um thinking because it's right. I it's just so much, and you know, um, it's such a different world. Um, you know, I didn't have internet coming up, and it's such a different. People think different. Mm-hmm. People, um, it's just different. You know, I had to when I wanted information. I didn't have Google. I had to, I was blessed because not all families had encyclopedias. I was blessed that I had not only world, the world book, I had the Britonia, mm-hmm. whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you went to the library. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, um, people basically they don't even have the information because they click on, they they capture headlines. Mm. They don't even know if that's really what's going on because I have clicked onto things and it had nothing to do with that headline. So it's kind of like people are so fooled and people are just willing to go along with just anything i don't know it just mm-hmm. seems um that's a good question i'm gonna think about that yeah I'm, i don't know i so i feel like you know like how we spoke about the whole authenticity like of your generation versus our generation i feel like uh, our problems really just range from just like you know there's always like the next thing to focus on like you know low attention span very shallow values in regards to like how we approach life and what we value in others so it's just like a lot of that bleeds into just day-to-day um habits and stuff of that nature who we keep close to us and everything i keep next to this person because they they make me like uh, look good it's never just like okay i keep close to this person because they got the same values as me they want to see the same changes in the world as me and stuff of that nature and then it's just like you know when dealing um with uh and trying to compete with, with folk in this in this time frame it's always everyone's like on on like a a, a selfish sense of like you know i just want to get this because it makes me feel good i want to do this because you know i just want it in for myself as opposed to trickle down like i do this because like this could help my family or this could help my friends uplift you know things that the people some people just aren't community based and i feel like a lot of that is from anti-social behavior and everything you know seeing people it's just like you know instruments and everyone is um 
everyone values money. Money is the thing. Everybody is money means more than anything. Um, people, um, really take the word of, um, people with money. They listen to them for some reason. I mean, that's like with, um, a celebrityism. That's, that's the thing. But people don't understand just like Donald Trump, he got his money from his dad. Okay. Um, Elon Musk got his money from his dad who got his money on the backs of South black South Africans, apartheid. Mm -hmm. That's where that money came from. People don't understand. You could work your whole life and make a million bucks a year and you'll never be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. So this value with money seems to be the thing or with um, doing things just for people to like and to get followers. And that seems to be the whole thing. And um, these people will do anything. And that's why I try and teach my grandkids. What you see on TikTok and all these things, it's not real. Okay. Oh. It's not real. Um, you know, and that's, I think that's the big problem. And I think um, kids shouldn't be allowed to have um, access to that too young. I think, um, but you know, my grandkids went to school um, first, second grade. These kids had Apple phones. And it's like, really? Um, even my sister, when my um, niece was in high school, um, my sister got upset because her teacher took her phone mm. from her. I'm like, well, why did she have a phone in class? Well, no, she shouldn't have had it in class. It was supposed to be in her locker. But, you know, now I got to go up to the school to get the phone back. I'm like, yeah, well, um, why does she need a phone at school? Well, if there's an emergency, I could reach her. You could reach her if she's in school. Call the school. You know, why does she have to have a cell phone on her? You know, so it's a whole, it's just different. Thinking is different, you know. Um, it's um, kids have, uh, you know, where you would have like in a neighborhood, the neighborhood kids, everybody looked after the neighborhood kids. That's how I grew up. You know, um, my parents both worked, so they were, you know, if something was going on at my house and somebody would hit my mother to it if she wasn't home, you know, and it was that kind of, okay, village kind of thing. Now, neighborhoods, you don't know who lives there, so um, transient now. Yeah. You have Airbnbs in your neighborhood now. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what's really going on. Nobody is looking out. Nobody cares. Nobody. It's a totally different. We have just um, switched into a whole different kind of um, living. Yeah, and especially with the whole uh, schools being shot up and things and everything. Mm -hmm. I can understand, like, why you want to keep a phone honor but like that's only yeah. like for a 0.01 percent chance and everything you know i mean i don't know the statistics well this now, is but. now that's yeah. the reality of now yeah. you know i think yeah the kids should have a phone you know mm -hmm. but you know it, it's how we got to that where 
you know, kids needed to have a phone. I mean, it's a different world. Completely different world. Not like to be confused with the sitcom, a different world. I love that. Show. Oh. I want to watch that. Again. I love that. Yeah, but it's just like it's just. Um, but yeah, this is certainly a different world, and it's really hard to kind of like navigate because you know you have to think ten to twenty steps ahead now. Like especially with me, like sometimes I'm like is this person even worth even like reacting to, and everything? Should I? What's the point in it? You know, it's just like because it guaranteed like you embarrass somebody, and then they come back and they shoot up the school. And some people just can't handle that. They don't have the maturity to handle certain sense of rejection or only certain sense of embarrassment. They can't learn to laugh at themselves. And I feel like that's the first step of just, you know. Why do you care? Somebody that has nothing to do with you, don't know you, says something, whatever. It's like, why care? Why is that person so important to you that you have to flip out like that? You know, Um, my son, my grandson goes to. Providence. Two of my grandkids go to Providence High School. And he was telling me how um, they had a uh, drill with an active shooter. And yeah, that's the reality. They have to have these kind of drills. We don't know what people's mental health status look like and don't feel like anybody really cares to look out for nobody and everything. So they'll just end up just killing people. And whatnot, there was just really no point in that. Well, what he was really, he said there were three things they said that we should do. Like, um, okay, one I think was hide or, and then um, lock doors or something like that. But the third one, he said, um, and they said to, um, like, attack somebody. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was like, they want. They think that we should. I said, listen. Um, there was a situation. I don't know if it was in Texas, not too long ago, where two guys tackled the shooter. He did shoot some people, but they tackled him and beat the crap out of him. I said, you know what? When your life is in danger and you have that opportunity, yeah, you have to fight for your life. I know it's sad. He was just so like. I'm not going after somebody with a gun. I said, but you don't really know what you would do when you're in that situation, when your life is in danger, when you feel you could die. You really don't know and you really can't say. Um, Like um, the little girl in um, Uvalde that said that um, she took her classmate's blood and wiped it on her because the shooter came in and she pretended she was dead. Now, she was in fifth grade. The, Crazy the, intelligent, money. Yeah. Like, who would have the... The idea. But yeah. You gotta come up with something. Like, I mean, you know, it's like she... It's simple, but it's still intricate. Look, for... I'm thinking for a 10-year-old to think like, okay, let me wipe this blood all over me because then he'll think I'm shot. I don't know if I would have thought of that. But they I have mean, shooters in elementary school, though, too. Like, yeah, what could go on in elementary school that make people want to pull a gun out on people? And I was thinking about, like, Pokemon and then eating candy as a kid. I didn't this think so person that was serious. older. It wasn't. Older he was person. an older kid. He Wait, was, he like, just came maybe back to high school. school. He just went back there. I think he was 17. Dang. And it's like... Um, Something about that age, man. I don't know what makes people want to have, like, a murderous intent. 
there are a lot of people that I'd want to punch in the face, but it's like at the same time, you got you I think about know. all the time that went from like then to like then and like months to year. And even if it bothers you, you really got to ask yourself, why does it even bother you? Where are you at right now? And everything. There are people who I thought were my friends that really, you know, did me really, really dirty. But now I have people who are my friends. So maybe I not not talk to them every day, but I know the intentions are is truly pure and truly good and that yeah. they genuinely do care about me. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, you know, you just learn to live for people that love you and stop to care Keep about what people, you know, small, yeah. You know, you may be a circle small or not, just pick genuine people every time because, and you know, it's hard because yeah, some people are very genuine. Are, they they are might flags. think, how do you, can you tell? I mean, there's red flags. I mean, it's just sometimes what a lot of people tend to do, they tend to ignore them because mm-hmm. it's just like you want to keep them close. And how a lot of that comes into like the whole bonding chemical in our brains. Like we keep people close out of familiarity. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. want to realize they're no good for you. You just move on. And sometimes that's the best part of growth is just moving on, you know, just choosing to be happy. Yeah. And happiness yeah. is just choosing to pick uh, people who genuinely do pray for you, who genuinely do care for mm-hmm. you. And now we live in this time where it's just like, you know, where it's just like people shooting up schools, people dying due to the police who are supposed to quote unquote protect us. You know, you don't know what you're going to get into the next day because it seems like it's just random stuff going on. You never know. You never know. Like I watch some of the Karen videos and people just bad behavior in airports and on the airplane. That's just bad behavior. And it's like, why do you think it's okay? to act out like that you're a grown-up it's like it's just I don't know what's going on you know it's like why would you even think it's okay to behave that way I guess it's just everybody's maturity levels is just different you know for me I was just kind of raised where it's just like I couldn't really put myself on in front of others and everything so it's just I always looked out for other people to a certain extent very rarely would I look out for myself and it's just like you know like it'd be at the point where you kind of felt guilty like you know am I feeling selfish am I this and I feel like a lot of people just when you have to grow into yourself you know it's just you got to learn to be either less selfish or learn to take priority for yourself and it's those yeah, yeah. the more you grow up to be less entitled, you realize that, you know, you're not the center of the universe. You know, people have their own lives to live, mm-hmm. you know, and you just learn to think more empathetically. Once you realize how pathetic a lot of people are who need to, like, get a reaction, who need to feel better about themselves by harming the yeah. character or hurting other people, yeah. you know, it's pitiful because it's going to lead to a life of isolation, sad, and just, you know, mm-hmm. a whole lot of messed up stuff for them, you know, because they want to work so hard to getting you know yeah. people's approval yeah. you know what you should be working is to the approval of not only uh the people who truly love you but also the approval um uh for yourself in general so it's like uh, yeah uh, we've pretty much spoken about a whole lot of matters uh you wanted to go delve into your journey to becoming a part of the NAACP and whatnot oh okay your functions um, of that yeah um right now on the um chair for the PAC committee um Political Action Committee for NAACP in Mecklenburg um, County, Charlotte, Mecklenburg. And um, I became part of that. Let's see, when we moved to Charlotte, it was 2015. And I was active and stuff in Naples, Florida, um, which that was a <laughs> experience. Um, but I had gotten, um, I never was a member of the NAACP. Nobody in my family was ever a member, but I support 
Um, and when I moved to Naples, Florida, um, I found out that they were having a Martin Luther King Day parade. And I was like, what? And I found out it was through the NAACP there in Collier County. So at the time, um, when I moved to Florida, I was still a fitness trainer. And I had a lot of um, um, influential clients there. Um, I One of my clients owned um, the McDonald's for the Collier and Lee County area and then I had another client that was she owned the Midas mufflers in that county and and they were very supportive um, they became sponsors in fact McDonald's sponsored the whole parade and um, I got them a lot of sponsors from um, which I didn't understand why they weren't connecting with these people in there I don't think they tried but anyway, so um, I did that work for them while I was there. And then when I came here, uh, my husband and I was very involved with the um, environment mm -hmm. and climate change. And we got involved when we got here with um, Friends of the Earth. Um, uh, what is it? Um, conservation voters. Um, what else? Uh, Sierra Club. And that's where we started our activism in here. And then I would see, um, oh, and then we got involved with the Poor People's Campaign. And um, I would see a lot of um, social media things of actions right here. Poor People's Campaign was doing a lot of things in Raleigh. And I couldn't take the time. I didn't want to take the time to go to Raleigh all the time. So um, I saw where the NAACP was doing a lot of local things. So that's, I would end up going there and supporting. And the president, who was Corinne Mack, um, uh, how did I become a member? Well, I became a member because she was running for president. This was like two years ago, three years ago. And she was getting attacked mm. in a way that I thought was really unbecoming. I mean, um, and just not right. And uh, personal attacks. And what I didn't like, it was people of color attacking another black woman. Mm. So I became a member of the NAACP. And then from there, she appointed me to chair for the political action committee. Okay. Uh, cool. That's really, really cool. Is there any chance that there's any, um, if you would say that there's any chance that you can get probably new members involved and like, what are some things that they can probably do to probably help support the NAACP here in Medford oh, County? Absolutely. Anyone can become a member. They could just go on the um, website. Um, and, um, join. We're always trying to encourage people to join. Um, in fact, our next um, general meeting is going to be December 22nd. And that meeting is for everyone. So if they are interested, um, they don't have to be a member to um, hop on. Um, they could look on Facebook and get the um, connection there. Mm. and contact them and say you're interested. And we encourage that um, to support 
because we going into this new year, we really need um, a lot of people. We need everyone to come together. Mm, to help support. Yeah. All right, come on, no problem. I mean, hey, I'll be sure to hop on. I mean, hey, December 22nd? I mean, okay, I'll be sure to clear up my schedule and yeah. I'll show up. For sure. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. send you the link. All right, cool. Most definitely. Thank you. Uh, we pretty much just spoke about just about everything there is to speak of. Like, I think we already passed over the hour, uh, <laughs> side of everything, which is wonderful, which is great. Uh, that means it's a good episode. All right, wonderful. Is there anything you want to let people know before we go off on the Mental Threats podcast? Well, I want people to... Um, Always think with love and care for other people and other human beings. And you never know what someone is going through. You never know. So uh, just be kind. Couldn't have better put it better, to be honest. Okay, that's it for the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 142. Uh, we're sewing in and now we're sewing out. Okay.